Welcome to the second episode of the CG Show. My name is Christian Gravius. With me today is Josh Balia. Thank you so much for coming. I've heard so much about you. I've been waiting to have this conversation. Um, you know, Nussel's talked extremely high, highly about you and everything that you do. And um, I, 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 it's, it's just a fitting time to have this conversation. Now, mm-hmm. Josh, introduce yourself. Who are you? Why are you here? And what topics are we going to cover today? There's Christian. Thanks for having me. Um, so my name's Josh. I currently work at Training Day Health Club. My background's in strength and conditioning, um, exercise science and psychology. And then with a best mate of, of mine as well, we run a little project called Weights for Mates. So that's around mental health with, with young men, 26 and 25 years old. So a lot of the topics today, I guess, with the current state of the world and a lot of chaos in there, we're touching a bit of the mental health side and um, get some input and just have an open discussion around that. I think it's important. Um, and, w- and we'll run from there. No, perfect. Well, just just quickly, just cover what what is weights for mates, um, and why why did you why did you start it? So we we both founded it back in 2016, um, and that went into development for a year and launched in November 2017. Yeah. So what the project was was to actually use exercise as a conduit to then address mental health topics. So a lot of blokes won't won't speak up. Um, we sweep things under the rug and. We'd had mates in bad stitches and, and unfortunately in the interim we've had people pass away as well. Um, not just not just blokes but all, all across the board. So we went to launch a project that was actually under a model of prevention rather than dealing with the current state where it's all outcome related. So there's by actually preventing an issue and, and teaching the boys the tools where they can not only help themselves but also help their mates was something that was important to us and along the way it helped ourselves as well. So it's been a little project running. Um, we use Training Day Health Club, both the Bur- in the Clayton um, facilities and, and they've been awesome with us to, to allow us to run workshops around anxiety, depression, um, suicide intervention and we'll, we'll collate that with let's say teaching them how to squat and running a pretty open session around a bench press or a deadlift as well and then w- while we're all stretching out at the end we can actually have an open discussion and it's a free space, people can be vulnerable um, and particularly we're teaching them the tools where they can help their mates so they don't have to not have an issue coming in, um, we're, we're teaching them tools for life at the end of the day. And what, what, what made you start it? Was there any particular reason? Um, was it something that you saw? Was it, was it a stat? What yeah. was it that you just decided that I'm going to, to play my part yeah. um, in, in this and, and, and try... And try to fix what's yeah. going on. So uh, my best mate Andrew Gillies is a co-founder as well. We actually used to train together. Um, I used to coach Andrew, and he is a very intellectual guy. Um, uh, no, very good emotional reasoning as well. And in that setting, we used to stay back after training and we'd have a pretty open discussion and bounce things off one another. He had his little part where he was in a bit of detriment and um, I, I was, I guess, something, someone he could bounce those ideas off, right, and um, at least speak to someone about it. And then I had my detriment as well um, and he was someone I could confide in with that. So we kind of acknowledged on that part that, look, we're, we're two blokes who a lot of things we would um, kind of kept to ourselves and, and you wouldn't speak up and we've, we've had our issues in the past, but... Um, at the same time we can also have this discussion and we have someone we can confide in Um, a lot of people don't have that unfortunately and a lot of people kind of keep that in so he came to me with the idea um, and my background in exercise science and I was doing psych um, it was perfect it was was my dream job and a silver platter so um, I'm pretty lucky in that and and we've been able to do that together uh, and run that through and Look, we've had our bumps along the way um, and that's gone to prove like this is why we did it in the first place, you know. So um, it's, it's been a good little project for ourselves and for others. That's amazing. And in regards to obviously, the, so pretty much exactly how you, so you guys would go to the gym, you guys would train exactly that that process you've just intertwined and turned it into a business or not a business, well, a, a place, an organisation where people can come and and, and and really be in a place where they feel safe they can talk mm-hmm. up and they can work they can work through it yeah. generally what's what 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 is the obviously mental health but 
break that down like yeah. w- what's going on social connection right yeah. and it for some it's going to be within a gym setting and that's a framework that's traditionally masculine right yeah but for others it might be in a yoga studio it yeah. might be in the run it might be in, in whatever actually facilitates social connection yeah and what we're working is on an environmental level of treatment you know you have good people around you you have people you trust you can be vulnerable with it's always going to help you at yeah. the end of the day and there's we're all going to fall down and you need people who are going to help you back up yeah. so we're playing in our setting that niche and which we know and that's in training and in coaching yeah um a lot of other people do do similar concepts within their niche as well so there's i guess that's why we work with our framework of, of young men as well we're trying to destigmatize what what masculinity is and 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 actually work within that framework that's what we know and why i i think i i've seen the stats where it says men is so much higher in regards um, to you know, dealing with mental men, mental illness. Why? Like, yeah. why men? Why are they so much higher in comparison to women? Yeah, there's a there's a few reasons, right? And uh, I'll generalize this to mental health as well in, in the first part um, for everyone, from from women to children to to men. There's a biological reason. So physiologically, we have different hormonal reactions that, that happen and, and go across time as we go from infant to, um, to, to young children to adolescent to adulthood, right? There's also brain development in that. Um, women would typically have their frontal lobe development ha- occur earlier than what men will. Yeah. Um, let's say 21, 19, 21 is a ball mark. Men might be about 23, 24, right? So um, that's also a part of it when we look at, we work with people from, from 16 upwards because they actually don't have the d- brain development to make rational decisions. They're very emotionally guided so there's a difference in that from women to men um that's kind of littered within literature as well um the second part of that we can go on a psychological level so what kind of meditates and um, mediates sorry um thoughts and behaviors right so within our environment people have a certain or let's say in in a man's environment there's certain masculine concepts and that's going to mediate how we think about the world how we behave in the world and that's going to be very different to how females are and that's just how we're brought up right yeah. so when um, men deal with a problem it's usually an aggressive and um quite quite straightforward behavior yeah um that's their reaction uh, uh, women might deal with that in a different way um, and we look at how connections are between men and men relationships and and female to female relationships they're, they're different so there's different thoughts and behaviors that that litter um within how someone acts uh, and they're definitely different the the psych research supports that um and there's no there's nothing wrong with that either right so um typically they might confide in a friend um and that's within their social connection and circle um males you kind of have within masculinity it's like boys will be like just deal with that you know get over it um be aggressive and that's not really the right thing to do as well but um that's how the generation before us was um i'm sure that we we might say that in our parents um and and that's what we're trying to break down the last part of that is on an environmental level there's how we actually develop a relationship how we develop a connection it's not so much on we definitely have an emotional level behind it right um but boys will take that in a different way um and and i guess one way to look at that if you look at all the slack that um, private schools are getting or boys schools are getting at the moment like toxic masculinity um that's a lot of environments now that's not always the case um but if you were to look at that environment and you were to look at an emotional boy in there confiding to his best friend doesn't always happen um so it's also how we grow up and there's many other factors to that from family levels to what other relationships there are that are involved in team sports um all of these things dictate why someone ends up in the way they are um and it kind of underlines the ways and when we eventually have a problem how someone goes and deals with that is going to be very different to someone who's been equipped with the tools and the social circle as they've grown up you know so um at least two very different outcomes um, in, in small settings. It's, 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 it's crazy. Um, and now I see what's, what's going on. You add, you add on COVID um, mm. where people are now, for example, they were already before COVID, they had, they had a job, but they were kind of unstable. And now um, they've lost their jobs or uh, you know, things, are, you know, things are changing. And how what are you what are you seeing in the world how are how are humans dealing mm. with this um on a on a mental level yeah. um i've seen the figures um i don't want i don't want to throw the figures out because i'm not 110 percent sure but 
I'm pretty sure there are more people dying of mental illness every single yeah. day than than COVID, but it's not being talked about yeah. like COVID is. Um, and yeah, like what's what's going on? Yeah. So to touch on those figures, there was some modelling done by the Brain and Mind Centre from the University of Sydney. And they said over the next five years, based on the way modelling is, that we're going to have an extra 1,500 or up to 1,500 more deaths from suicide related um, than what we currently do. So the average is about three to three and a half thousand per year in Oz. Um, yeah. That takes it up to a pretty scary number, right? We're looking at just over four and a half thousand to five. Yeah. Um, that, that's pretty frightening. And that's going to happen over the next each year for the next five years. So if that modeling was to uh, actually prove true, um, we already have a very scary issue on our hand, but that gets even scarier. So we all have a role in actually addressing that on a preventative level. Now, why does that happen? Um, We look at isolation, social connection going down. A lot of people's routines and habits are completely flipped. A lot of people don't like change and that's going to put them at mental detriment. Um, Different personalities react in in, in different ways, right? And there's no right or wrong to this. It's just how it is. So there's... um, from anecdotally, um, I don't know, it was even I was grabbing a coffee this morning, and um, the the bloke who was serving my coffee and making it is is asking how everyone is, and there's he's saying how he's got to spread positivity and people come in here all depressed, and um, I loved it. I was like, this is awesome, mate. Like it's either one way or the other. People, he said, people are very miserable, um, or people are on top of the world. It's almost like false, um, I guess, a denial to what's happening in the world, right? How can you be so positive? But that's that's a really good thing. Um, to an extent, can't be toxic positivity, but goes to show there's complete polar opposites. Some people are doing really well um, and their businesses are doing well, financially they're doing well. All these other things that would stress someone, um, that they might be doing well in and other people are the complete opposite, right? So there's a lot more, uh, I guess there's a playing field to stress um, from financial to relationships, like how do you stay connected when we're all in lockdown? It's, it's virtually impossible, you know? Online isn't the same, I, I don't feel. Um, you don't have the same interaction and Um, And different personalities react to that. So it's pretty understandable considering the state. And uh, uh, I think uh, being in the first start start of lockdown, I personally, look, I had time to do other things and I loved it and I had time to spend with my family. And um, uh, I guess I'm very fortunate and privileged to be in a position where like I'm handling this well. Some people aren't there. Um, And it's it's actually about that divide, people's opinions and uh, people get separated. It's about coming together. That's how we get to. That's how we actually help each other in this scenario. But it doesn't happen. How are you finding the the? For example, so you can't be in a setting with with everybody that's mm-hmm. that you're current. That's for example that are going through mental illness at the moment. How are you finding ways to connect with them to make sure mm-hmm. that they're okay on a on a on a great level? They're obviously yeah. They're they're finding change and they're obviously going through change and how are they finding it Mm. are they finding it are some of them benefiting from this or is there more detriment do you see going on rather than positivity within the within your group for example there's it's once again it's a small small group compared to the larger scale but just more of a technical question (sighs) from my knowledge there's the polar opposites I I have friends who feel guilty for doing um, really well in this setting and um, some are within allied health profession and and they're still in business because they're essential and um, they're busier than ever right and a lot of things in our life are doing really well Um, and that's I guess one scenario um, within my group and then the other side is people have literally completely introverted Um, they're they're pulled away um, and and they're in a bit of a a poor uh, mental position and and that's completely understandable as well so uh, I'm definitely seeing the the two sides um, and I, I probably sit a bit in the middle I have my good days and I have my bad days and that's very normal um so i can relate to both ends yeah. of, of that right so um but personally it's, it's quite hard when you say close friends especially the people who you know as a person you know where their potential is i'm um, going through a hard time that's a very um it hurts you emotionally i'm um, seeing those you love in that position so um and and then you have people who are just getting on with their day um and my family's probably that but you see what effect this has you know yeah. Bit more irritable, um, bit more aggressive at times. Tendencies you wouldn't really say, um, and they might say they're okay, but from from the objective standpoint, you can see that they're not. So um, it, it's kind of scattered across the the board, you know. Yeah. Um, 
you said the numbers are going up um, with increases of death via um, you know suicide per year. Mm-hmm. Why? What's what's mm-hmm. why are the numbers going up? Is that just population growth yeah. and the numbers are going up, or what's playing a role? at the moment that mm. is like why aren't they decreasing why are they increasing yeah there's, there's so many factors and as we roll into a new generation people have to work out what their coping mechanisms are and the generations before coping mechanisms don't always work right there's um when we look at our our whole society moved more online um that's less social connectedness there's um things that you're more engrossed with there's there's parts of that where um the way people cope there's more accessible things there's addiction in there there's that that's something that's trending up where there's domestic violence all these things that dictate an environment how someone feels um they're getting mediated and they're changing the way um the way our outcomes previously were right suicide's going to rise it's going to happen and um we have so many outcome related models and not enough in prevention it's always going to rise until you start preventing the issue so um a lot of our a lot of our tasks and a lot of the activities that go about addressing mental health don't start till later on in life we're not taught those tools so if you have a new generation coming in um and they see the tools of the generation before them happen this was still there before them. mental health was still an issue it just wasn't talked about as much um how do they know how to cope with it? So we're kind of all navigating. As we're a young generation at the end of the day. My generation, we're still young. Um, we're under 30, most of us. We're under, definitely under 40. Um, that we don't know how to cope with these all the time. And we're having to learn and navigate it as we go along. That's going to rise. There's going to be teething issues. Um, hopefully, we get it and it can decrease. Why has... Yeah, for example, mental, mental illness 30 years ago probably didn't exist um, mm. or it did, it just wasn't talked about. Well, mm. What's what's happened? Mm. Like, why has it now just become a thing? Um, mm. Why are we now only still probably not talking about it as much as we should? I, mm. I think they're doing extremely well. There's organisations like Beyond Blue that are, yep. that are doing amazing work. Mm. But why isn't it just... Like, why isn't it being talked about on on a, such a scale level? Mm. Um, why is there still? Why are men still hold like scared to hold back and talk to their friends? Why is this mm. still going on? Is there just not enough education mm. um, you know, going through our schooling systems or mm. just in general? Like, what is it? Mm. There's uh, there's a couple answers to that. One, mental health was definitely an issue back, let's say, my grandparents' years. Okay. Um, but it was probably very the normal scenario to actually just deal with it, you know? Like, um, slap, come on, son. Yeah. You're a man. Yeah. Deal with it. 100%. My, my grandma, um, she when she moved over to Australia, right, she got married within three months. Um, now... I can imagine there'd be so many teething issues within that, right? Within a relationship context, um, separated from her family, you know, somewhere still in Brazil, somewhere still in Lebanon. Um, New country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huge, huge change, right? Um, To say that that wouldn't cause someone emotional detriment is absolutely absurd, right? But there, what would have happened was being, this is the norm, this is how it is, you know, you have to deal with it. And suffering is something that is genuinely pretty it's a normal back yeah. within the generation before I, I look at how my mom's dealt with things and she's a very tough lady and um it's suffering if something happens to you it's like okay right how do we deal with this we keep on going there's things here that have to keep on going and so now it's kind of a, a thing one we i personally think that i i'm very privileged right but things that my grandma has has gone through and what my mom has gone through i probably won't go through um, and that's because of the work they've put in so my landscape is completely changed and how i and that's probably for a lot of people suffering isn't the complete norm and so you deal with it in in different ways Um, and that means people then we have this rise as well so that's that's one part it's definitely different right within the landscape and what's normal the second part is if we were to look at someone having an issue through school they um, might get highlighted by the teacher um, and then they get removed from that class to go see a psych appointment or a counsellor appointment right so um, and I know I used to have them back when um, my parents split up when I was young and when I was in year two right so I used to be kind of mandated to these counselling sessions when I was in year two now I was the only kid in that class um, within year two going to the counsellor and I used to have a period where I'd go there and come back I wouldn't talk about it wouldn't tell any of my friends I would make an excuse and I'd go see that counsellor right that was pretty consistent and until boys were like hey let's we want to get out of this period I'm going to go book in with a counsellor right it was a way to get out of periods in, <laughs> in um, t- 10 and 11 um, <laughs> even in year seven we'd do it but um 
I, I was still attending those things. I had to um, for things in our environment. Yep. So when there's an issue coming up, right, a lot of boys in my class would not have understood um, what I was going through at that stage and it's completely okay, the different environments, right? Um, and a lot of people had a joint families, whether they were actually working, um, but not separated families. That didn't really occur. Um, I didn't really meet people who had divorced parents at that age um, or separated parents till, till later on in life. Yeah. So the way it was dealt with an issue was pulling me out of class um, and then trying to fix me, let's say, and then putting me back into class so I'm a good student. So a lot of underlying issues with that. And let's say there's a different model here and there's, there's one thing that we presented um, in November last year um, and there was a basically uh, a forum for suicide prevention. A lot of the big players were, were sent up there, people who are highly respected and, um, and all these ideas were basically, you know, big brainstorming ideas in, um, in the Prime Minister's office um, at the Cabinet building, right? Well, everyone in the room is about 70 people. How do we actually prevent and, and support this? And we're doing so much work on the advocacy work and education and mental health as a topic, but how do we prevent this? And one, one idea that came out of that, I was, I was on the youth table um, with, with some awesome minds. Um, and, and one was um, Georgie Hardman from Beyond Blue. Um, she's the CEO of Beyond Blue. Um, it was your town. There was Catalpa Line. There was uh, so many things from Aboriginal to man. There's so many people in that room. But one thing was actually if we presented a model within that would start at early, early childhood level where let's say that child has an issue um, and instead of being removed and sent to the counsellor and swept under the rug, you know, maybe it's an opportunity for the class to actually learn what life is probably going to teach you anyway. You're going to mm. fall down. You're going to have some hardship. And instead of removing someone and isolating them and making them different to the Make class. feel different. Yeah, Correct, yeah, yeah. Why not embrace them? Yeah. Why, why not, like, get their mates involved, social wow. connection, support, mm. you know, and teach that resilience and grip from an early level that you are going to have hardship at whatever age and this is how we deal with it together. And that would be a very big change in the world, right? Um, and still, now we're starting to get a bit more together, you know. We're, we're trying to get around our mates and we're doing that later on in life. Imagine if that was a normal thing in early early childhood, you know. It's ingrained. You look at kids, they see their friend, they want to give them a hug, you know. If, if someone's sad, you know, I, I have people in my environment who literally are kids, two years old, you know, they see emotions. The child reads it. Like, that's their natural state. They'll see that in a second. They'll be like, someone's sad, you know. Josh is sad. This is sad. Um, and they'll go and support them. But somewhere along that, that tail, we have ingrained the fact that, you know, some, we see someone as an emotional detriment. We see someone is grieving or sad and, and it's easier to let that go. Let, let and go. Yeah, than actually go and support them because sometimes that triggers us, you know. Sometimes we have to look inside as well and be like, hey, this person just had a breakup, you know. I haven't dealt with the trauma of my breakup. Um, this is now going to hurt me. And uh, at times it becomes a thing of we're trying to protect ourselves um, by not helping someone else because we can't deal with it. Yeah. Um, but imagine if we taught that early on, that we're all going to have this hardship. That would change the landscape. Yeah, I find a lot of people um, would rather not open up that can of worms because they're feeling that it could detriment them in some way yeah. rather than jumping out and just saying, hey, how are you happy how can i assist you in some way just to yeah and 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 it's weird that what that one call could probably change everything but a lot mm. of people just decide not to because they just don't want to get themselves raveled into it all yeah. um how, i'm not too sure i saw i saw on the news this week shane tuck mm. ex-richmond player uh died um and there's been nothing mentioned if it was suicide but at the bottom of all articles it says beyond blue so i'm assuming mm. not on camera but I'm, I'm assuming there was there was a he he suicided are you familiar with that situation and yeah what's a what what's occurred so i actually um I had a chat with andrew the other day and he brought that up and filled me in some of the details and i'd seen it on the news that morning and it's Part of that, so from, from we understand, it, it was a suicide-related death. Now, the media directed by the government um, aren't legally allowed to report on suicide um, because it might glorify that and there's a, um, a belief that that might encourage suicide within the community. So that's why a lot of um, mental health and, and suicide-related deaths uh, aren't really reported on. And, and once again, it's kind of swept under the rug when that's done. It's a, um, I personally don't think it's the right way to do it. Um, and from advice from our psychologists talking about, and within suicide intervention, talking about suicide with someone won't 
uh, necessarily mean they're going to go initiate it. If anything, it might help them from initiating it. You're opening that conversation, but um, that's the government's directions to the media to not report on it. So um, within Shane Tuck's case, um, and we brought up before Magic Doors when he, um, he jumped off the bridge. Yes, and, correct. Um, that, that was reported on a, it wasn't, it was kind of swept under the rug. And you can make that inkling that there's something mental health related there, like you said, Beyond Blue listed at the bottom, um, but they can't uh, actually identify it and um, project it, which uh, once again, it goes to sweeping a lot of things under the rug. You know, there's um, you can use people as role models that it's okay if they go through a mental health battle. And like there, there was a start where there was about, we had what, three and a half, three or 3,000 um, suicide deaths. And this got brought up last November. And um, someone in the room stood up and said, uh, well, that doesn't take into how many people actually attempt suicide. And from the statistics, there's, um, and from self-reporting, the surveys, it, it identified there was about 70,000 people per year um, who actually go and attempt to commit suicide. Now, 70,000. Uh, 70, right. So, there's and then that doesn't wow yeah it doesn't even include the people that are yeah. going through amazing like yeah. those numbers are crazy that, it's insane yeah. it gives, gives me chills, chills thinking yeah. about it yeah right? that's very so yeah. there's seventy thousand on average if not more that's just who people have reported who've actually gone and attempted suicide right um now what three on average three and a half thousand people have actually gone and followed through with that action and uh, for whatever reason but um, i've got a friend who's an orthopedic surgeon who's told me some pretty gruesome stories where people have tried to um, attempt and they're having to clean up and and try to keep them alive right um and that's something that it's it's hard to fathom that someone's in that position they've gone and done it but that doesn't get reported on so when we look at the media not reporting on suicide legally they they, they can't from the government um that's a huge statistic that have already gone and done that anyway you know um irrespective of that uh, and uh, i guess uh, kind of and it comes down to the question of do you think that someone who's going to commit suicide is doing that for attention? Look, majority or not, you know? And, and from what we know, that mo someone who's going to action that is probably not going to tell you, right? Someone who threatens it, okay, um, maybe that's a bit of emotional man manipulation. And um, But the person who actually goes and actions it, a lot of us are absolutely astounded by that happening. We did, we're blindsided. We didn't see it coming. It's because they did not tell you. So... Uh, thinking that suicide is a, is a glorified way of death um, and that's going to increase the way that people uh, uh, increase the numbers in it look I, this is just my opinion and I might be completely wrong in it and, um, uh, and I guess why well, I'm not in government and it's not my direction but there's in that fact, I think we're missing a whole lot of people who, who could actually benefit from that talk. You know, open the doors from that. You know, people might say that, hey, did you see that um, Shane Tuck and um, Magic Doors are having mental health issues and this is what's happened? You know, maybe it opens the doors to a conversation. And I think the more doors we have open, the more avenues we have to open those doors, um, the, the better we all are because then we can actually start this conversation and keep it going that's littered indirectly not just a direct conversation it's quite abrasive when you when you ask someone out of the blue are you okay you know but when it comes up in conversation it's littered within our community and environment um it, it's a lot more genuine um and, and people see that you actually want to help you have an interest in this you're not just doing your moral obligation that you yeah. feel you know yeah. it makes you look good that's makes not how it, it yeah. is yeah so there's um uh, i I definitely look. I, I know that's not the, really the media's fault, um, and at least they at least hint into it and and put an inkling behind it, um, and, and that's the legal grounds of it. And they don't want to be liable as well, you know. And uh, I can understand that liability is a big thing, um, but it's also negating a huge conversation that can, you know, take part. And uh, unfortunately, I feel for Shane Tuck's family and, and kids and wife he's left behind, um, and they're going to want that privacy as well, you know. But how, how many other people also experiencing that? How many people grieve in silence? It's a lot. Yeah, you grieve as a nation. It's crazy, and why? Why do you think this is the government's like rule, like law? Why and why has why hasn't this been challenged? And mm. if it has been challenged, why has it been rejected? Mm. And if it hasn't been challenged, what can be done mm. to 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 keep getting this to to, to change mm. the script, flip flick the switch, change mm. the script? Even if on a on a on a micro level, like it starts with businesses and schools where people mm. can you know there's everyone's getting educated about this this topic 
um, and not just what you hear snippets here and they actually be educated within the workplace because there's people in every workplace that mm. are going through uh, crazy stuff and I think that's, that's a good start in mm. a sense. Why? Guys, just, just to interject as you continue the topic, uh, as you answer the question as to why the government hasn't changed the rules, Josh, both of you, Christian and Josh, have lots of people working under you. So because we haven't changed the model, we haven't changed the business, uh, the government's regulation, as someone who runs a business, and Josh, you have so many people working underneath you, what is your message to the young men that you've got, that you train every single day and the women that see the young men committing suicide? And how have you guys dealt with it just to continue the conversation, the fact that it isn't legislation. We aren't talking about it. Josh, you are running weights for mates. Christian, you've been dealing with, you know, you've gone through your own mental health and come out of it. And how do you guys, in, in pushing to, you know, sort of concluding this topic, it, if it isn't legislated and say nothing changes, uh, how have you guys gone about uh, talking to mm. the people underneath you to make sure your team is strong, that they can come to you and uh, say something, that, that we've changed the business model and the stigma within our industry within our friendship groups because I know both with Christian and Josh I have no hesitation whatsoever saying anything to you guys but we've we've found ourselves there and we've talked about it and uh, yeah so including that topic if the if the rule hasn't changed why hasn't it and if it never changes how have we made the difference and how have you guys gone about it personally within your own lives for the people underneath you so just on that to first touch I actually uh, I can understand why that legislation is placed and direction is from the media to actually not by the government to not to not report on that, right? Because let's say it helps X amount of people, but if one person turned around and said, you know, all this glorification was the reason why, um, that leaves a, a company and a business and um, the liability of that is, is huge. So I, I can actually understand why there's that direction. Um, one, at, just one question, sorry to interject. Mm. So then, for, for example, why are we showing, why is games like Grand Theft Auto allowed to mm. be played? and then there's people going to schools and mm. massacring like what's like i i i'm, I'm confused mm. like, that's just where i'm just a little bit confused and i i think that's a whole nother, a whole nother i think that's someone, yeah that's that's and this is where it comes down to an individual right where we might have directions from a government we might have directions from big businesses and corporations but it starts at an individual level and what impact and what what person and and who we are as a role model in the community, whether people are under us, they're next to us or above us, you know, what, what's our impact and what's our role model. So um, the way I look at that is that if you start a business and you litter through it that, and you absolutely ingrain in that model that we have a social and ethical responsibility to look after every single employee and everyone who work, walks in our door, you know, and we go, if someone's not having a, a good day, we it's ingrained in our model, it's ingrained in our values that we go and we make it an effort to go and make sure they have a better day or we can help in whatever way and we leave that door open. Maybe it's not today, maybe it's tomorrow. And if everyone went and did that, uh, we start not, not going from, from top down, right? But we start at a bottom-up level where it can flow up the ranks. And you see businesses doing that. There's, um, there, and there's one thing that I've had a conversation with a mentor of mine and um, he's the director of Training Day where Gary V has um, put basically what they call a heart officer in, um, into their, his organization where this person's role is to manage the mental health of that all those people in the business, however amount there is. Really? Thinking, yeah, I didn't know yeah, that. And that, that's his role and you see that within HR that should be their job human resources um, to look after the, the not just the physical um, but the emotional health of their employees now some businesses do that some businesses compromise on that and I think it comes to the individual running it and the values that involve with it but just within our setting if under our business under every person we have contact with we go that we're, maybe it's not our forte but maybe it's someone else's I'm going to help this person put a positive impact into my organization into my life into everyone else's life um that's a huge thing you know you're putting a message out there and, and other people follow and so it's a bottom-up approach instead of waiting for the government to direct or ma and mandate legislation for everyone to have that role you know yeah. um like hr is there but um why don't we start from the bottom why don't we start with what we can do you know and then if enough people do that maybe it does change the world mm. but um it, it starts from us as well we have responsibility there so um i don't i don't blame 
and I never will, um, legislation that's in place because there's always pros and cons. Um, and hey, maybe media can't report it. But um, there's, uh, if we were to touch on that, that Grand Theft Auto and, you know, the, the highlight of killing and massacres and, and what's so normalised from people seeing an online world, well, what about the person who created that? You yeah. know, what about their social and ethical and moral responsibility to the world? Do they just negate that? out of profits and some people do and uh, that's how it is and we have a role and a responsibility to make sure that we're not one of those persons mm-hmm. you know for for whoever it is for our children you know for our parents whoever we have an impact for we lead yeah i'm talking my personal experience is i i don't know I, I've, I've never really like uh, i've never really assisted um any 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 help from anyone before and i i feel like me personally i've just i don't know I, i've just never it's never really come across my path mm. some someone you know that to, to i've never had to reach out or i've never really looked for it mm. or it's never come across to me so i'm i'm sure it's huge like there's massive organizations mm. but probably my personal experience which i could be completely wrong i'm just talking mm. about what i've witnessed throughout my whole life i just feel like it's not yeah it's 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 it could be out there so much more mm. and there could be so much more done mm. um but I think that's just going to be something that we just got to keep navigating. And, yeah. you know, I've taken on my own personal agenda to, to make sure that everyone that I cross paths with are happy. Mm. Um, you know, it was a quote that I saw from Heath Ledger um, a couple of years ago that really flicked the switch in my brain where every, he, he wrote, everybody um, will ask about what you're doing and how much money you have mm. and what mm. items you own and where you're going to go and what 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 you're gonna do next and oh and where you're gonna travel but no one actually asks are you happy Mm. um how Mm. are you feeling today like how is life like Mm. no one actually asks that question um well said both you and josh do a lot and people can see how you guys work online and Mm. they might just no one asks you how you're going they assume that because you're posting because things are great yeah no one ever stops and says Mm. hey josh hey christian are you actually are you okay yeah are you okay Mm. are you both Um, okay and that's something where I've I've really, you know, taken on board that everybody everybody I meet I try give them all my happiness and energy mm. because I I know I'm I'm going in the impression that I don't I don't know the person that I leave the door open for and walks through is having the worst day of their life and me being mm. a prick by closing the door not helping them that could be the tipping edge for them um, or it's just it's sometimes like I can give them just enough energy to get them through the day and Mm. i just don't know what people are going through so in my mind it's always like just give as much positivity to everybody as possible Mm. um and i I can understand with social media um you know even for myself and that's what i'm trying to i'm always just trying to put a message out there positivity it doesn't matter what's going on in the world we can get through this it's all in our own minds it's our headspace it's you know i'm really trying to push that and the amount of negative comments that I get mm. like it's crazy. I woke up the other day to three mm. inboxes of people, morning, yeah. yeah, just abusing me. <laughs> like, yeah. and for me, I'm I, I find it funny. Mm. Like, I can I can handle it. I, mm. I don't I don't nothing nothing gets to me. But that one message can tip someone mm. across the edge, and it's you become used to it after a while. Yeah, yeah, you pass the adjustment period. You're used to getting yeah. shit on online and stuff. Like that, but for some people, it's it's that that comment is the end. It's, Correct, it's, and it's it's sad that mm. people are doing this. And what's how I I'm, I'm assuming social media has played a huge role mm. into into mental illness because people are seeing things online that are perceived so amazingly, and they're wondering, oh, I'm the same age as this person, and this person's mm. done all this, and I'm a loser, and mm. I'm assuming that plays a massive role as well. Yeah, huge. So the, uh, I have a couple of things to touch on that, and mm. one, I, I put like I, del- I delete Facebook, and I only really reinstall it when I want to see whose birthday I have coming up, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and even with Instagram as well, like I, I need to take my breaks because it's, it's emotionally draining. Um, and there's, we can always be caught in the loop of how, how do we look at what's our social presence, you know? What's my value? And when we don't understand what our value is internally 
um, we're going to look for an external source of seeing what that value is. You know, X amount of likes is, is going to make me, I might not feel good about myself, but someone else feels good about me, you know, and there's, um, that drives our a little dopamine release in the brain and, you know, that little reward system that, that happens, you know, and then we have a conditioning to that, you know. Maybe I haven't addressed my internal value, but I'm getting this, this hit anyway neurochemically, so I'm going to do that again. And we know that likes on an Instagram post drives that and it can also detriment that, right? There's Because we have a standard and we're trying to look for value in a world that's online uh, without addressing it internally in a, in a lot of avenues. And uh, a lot of you, there's, there's one example of that, a lot of relationships that are um, broadcasted and um, made very public and um, people's justification towards that relationship and their, their value comes through through likes, you know. Oh, I, I love this couple. You look so good together. All these physical things, all these emotional things. I want to be like you, these goals, couple goals, life goals. You know? But how do you know that the couple's doing well they're probably the, the the biggest emotional turmoil in their life and and they're just relying on not an internal value but the external value to keep it going that leads to a very toxic relationship so a lot of when we look at this and some of the happiest people aren't even on social media and some of the happiest people are and that's where it's subjective to the person what they determine their value is internally and and whether they seek an external source to, to actually review that and everyone builds layers you know at the end of the day we have different hearts for different settings um, different personalities for for different um, people there's you bounce off one another sometimes you introvert sometimes you extrovert and and I, I personally i love writing because it allows you to remove your social kind of narrator to the world and just speak to yourself internally you know and are people comfortable by themselves without projecting it to the world without having um, their social narrator on point to actually review their life you know to tell them they feel good and you might have the biggest trauma happening in your world but if everyone thinks you're doing well maybe you can falsely believe that you are doing well um, and that works the other way as well you see people our age who are the same age as you doing better than you and then it affects your your source of value so there's there's nothing wrong with social media right and uh but there's something wrong if you use it as your external source of value and that's something we're not taught that's something we have to learn and everyone at the end of the day is hiding some child underneath that's probably been burned by the world in some way or another that defines the way we act you know how we actually um mediate our behaviors with the world from our experiences, that's, that's period. That's how it goes. You know, you have a genetic influence, you have an environmental influence. Now, some of those, those actual, uh, our, what we seek and what we search for um, is going to be mediated by my experience with social media. Um, and some of that is going to be driven by my personality. I like to be an introvert. So I'm going to pull away and be private and enjoy my own time. Um, so we can get very caught up with what's our real world and what's our online world uh, and it's something that it's our responsibility to actually navigate that and, and have that conversation with ourselves of is this benefiting me I personally found Facebook wasn't um, I even said to my partner last night that she brought up something um, uh, so, uh, I think it was about child trafficking and, um, I, and that really affects me and that hurts me emotionally um, but I uh, I couldn't watch another video of that. I watched one the other night. Um, was that and then the case? Uh, are you talking about in Australia? I think there was, <laughs> there, there was this... Um, it was ba- the, this video was based on the fact of... Um, it was a really hard topic to watch. Uh, and, a, and a friend actually posted it first on, on Instagram. And then I watched that. And basically highlighted how many kids were abducted. And the little dots kept on, on um, popping up for every kid that was abducted. And it was some insane number. Um, and that, that actually really, really affected me emotionally. And then um, I flicked to the next one and we have COVID deaths and then we have the next one and, and there's all this emotional turmoil that's now on my feet. Um, and, and I have an investment in that. Are my family safe? Am I safe? Is everyone around me safe? Is the world safe? It's very chaotic and that affects me emotionally. So, um, and I kind of acknowledge that, that that's um, my moral standpoint is to, to, to help the world and do the best I can be there for everyone. And, but there's also a threshold you have. Um, I've definitely hit my threshold uh, emotionally in the social online world and I have to have a certain threshold in my real world. So I've taken a little break where I came from social media and pulled back a little bit for that reason. Um, some people don't do that. Some people don't know where their threshold is. And um, when you don't know where your threshold is and you get one little comment that attacks you and says whatever abusive comment it is, it tips you over the edge. Correct. Um, uh, adding to that, Josh, like you said, I don't know if you guys have realised recently, PlayStation, Coca-Cola, some of the biggest companies in the world 
have actually pulled their ads away from Facebook because they said Facebook's algorithm runs on negativity. Mm. It's like four to one. So when Josh clicks on such a video, it's not going to keep feeding him positive things to balance it out. It's going to keep feeding him more child trafficking, Mm. more things. And PlayStation, uh, they're about to launch the PlayStation 5, but for the last two weeks, actually pulled out the biggest companies in the world to make a stand with Facebook saying, stop stop this algorithm whatever because negativity flies it is the way they get their clicks and they know that Mm. and the biggest company coca-cola of all companies Mm. stopped advertising on facebook for a certain amount and it goes to show that how much negativity spreads and because they know people will click 10 times more negativity so josh you know how much can you really take and they're not going to change up your your news feed you clicked child trafficking you're only going to keep getting things worse because you'll keep clicking you'll keep watching Mm. thankfully you have the foresight to, to get off and to click off other people don't and then they mm. fall down this rabbit hole and you wonder why you're you got to hack your own news feed i mean i started social media again i only followed 20 people gary v you know uh, just just and people were just radiating positivity and my news feed was every time i clicked it was something positive but yeah. i had to start from zero and like only positive people yeah and that was it and if you follow friends that follow negative things well there's there's the beginning of the rabbit hole something negative pops in and if i click something well, there goes my my algorithm starts to change, mm, and that's and that, and that's what I did as well um, with my social media. I was so sick of just seeing things that just like it just didn't make me feel right for whatever mm. reason. It, it was just I it wasn't interesting me. I mm. I just wanted to you know if you look at what I follow, I follow about fifty friends and then probably I don't know a couple random sports pages and stuff, but. probably a hundred of those inspirational quote pages just value pieces business expanding the mind people like tom bilyeu gary vaynerchuk uh, all these quote pages just just filling myself with goodness because you know i I don't want to be i don't want to i don't want to be in this negative Mm. space and it's it's so easy to and even when i'm putting myself out to the world i'm still getting a lot of negativity and you know as why even why are people doing that is that just a whole other i think that comes down to how that person is as a being and there's if you have someone uh, in the way i view it someone has the time to go and comment abuse or negativity towards you um i look at one all right what's your coping mechanism to the world you know it's going to be by putting other people down Right. So you're probably the person who's had a lot of things happen to you and you built these layers that make you look tough to the world and um, maybe you get enjoyment and adrenaline rush um, or dopamine fix out of you know saying that maybe you can put someone down and tip them over the edge and now you feel better about the world by someone being in chaos you know because you're in chaos too. Uh, that's the way I see that. Um, people have these, these innate beliefs that uh, they can get away with it as well and um that's that's not necessarily right but you're always going to have those people in the world you're going to have people who are going to be fake to you who are going to have other agendas um who are going to lie who are going to have those vices that are always going to affect you and um it's our uh, the only control we can have over that is to go okay um that's not me at the end of the day with this comment that they made about me isn't actually my i one i shouldn't seek that as an external value um i don't have to be liked by everyone you never will um but two all right that's a really good representation of how they are and I kind of feel sorry for them at the end of the day Um, and I I take that view from the standpoint of well someone has the time to do that they're probably not investing in positive things you know that are going to help them Um, and great that's just them Uh, you see it like the other day I saw someone um, absolutely attacking someone for for their opinion on Facebook and then um, they made this comment and they're saying trying to give themselves credibility and I looked at that and then their credibility came on their experience with mental health and you know the diet isn't actually has any relation to to mental health and I looked at that and I'm like look I can go go put my time into uh, making a point out of this person and on who is on another friend's page or you know instead i'm going to open up my notes and i'm going to actually write something instead about diet and mental health and because that's what i what i enjoy and what i know in the literature and what i've studied as well and um uh, and choose not to actually engage in that also and um it's the way i view that is that person irrespective of their right or wrong is always going to have a defense mechanism to the world that is going to result in something that i don't want to be a part of so we have that choice in sometimes walking away 
and and that's something we also have to acknowledge. People are going to be like that inherently. Um, they don't want to see you do better than them because then that's their own value being attacked. Um, so some will try to tear it down. And, and you know what? It's just the way of the world. Yeah, it's always going to happen. And people deal with that by laughing at it. Um, some people can't cope with it. Some people need a break. And I think it's really important to acknowledge those negative comments and, and just be like, yeah, that does affect me. You know, what have I done to this person? Why would someone be so mean? Um, there's people who are, have an opinion on COVID that doesn't exist. And, um, and I saw a comment where someone was like, actually, I just lost my father to COVID. Like, can you please not um, talk about that way? And this person's response, well, so many other people die. It's just the way that the world is. Um, how, how inconsiderate of that person's value. But right now, they're probably scared of the world too. And they're going to neglect it. And um, they're going to negate the way COVID's affecting them and um, whatever your opinion is. So... It's a representation of that person's um, self and their value or lack of it, I should say. Uh, and it's our our kind of role to be like, hey, that's some, you know, I'm going to acknowledge that comment. I'm going to acknowledge that it affects me. You know, maybe I'll take a bit of time to either write about it, write my response and not post it um, so I can still acknowledge that in my being or rewrite the narrative, you know, and be mm. like, well, if, if this is how you feel, um, you know, show some empathy to that person. Mm. Kill them with kindness. You know, okay, someone hurts you, that's okay. Um, look, why do you feel that that's okay to do that? Um, if you want to continue doing that, great. See you later. But show them empathy. Mm. And it's, it's, it's talking about social media. Will Smith mm. uh, this week um, mm. has been scrutinized online um, for him crying. Um, and the whole world has decided to make him a meme yeah. because he's crying on camera mm. uh, about his emotions. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't that show you what society can do? And it shows you a divide, right? Because um, when I, I wasn't really familiar with that meme, um, and so when I looked at it and there was two different posts, there was one which said how ridiculous it is that people have made this into a meme of someone crying. Um, and it goes to show that the conversation not happening on men's mental health and the detriment of, of what that can actually have in a breakdown of relationships and, and how we view that as a society. And then the next one under that was a page from whatever news outlet it was being, uh, the memes about Will Smith is hilarious. And it's like, well, all right, these are two different people. One who's obviously uh, probably acknowledged the fact of and had empathy towards someone's emotional state that is very raw and vulnerable. Uh, and a lot of us can relate to that, right? We have relationship breakdowns, whether they're intimate or with people, they affect us emotionally. Um, and there's the other one where someone's coping mechanism is let's ridicule this, let's make this hilarious and funny and, you know, and absolutely like put them on trial of being emotional and vulnerable because they probably don't want to deal with their emotions either and the way i look at that is if you haven't been burnt by the world you just haven't accepted it at some point someone has hurt you um, at some point you've probably hurt yourself and if it hasn't happened it's probably going to happen we have loss and grief and um, breakdowns in relationships happen every every day every single second you know every millisecond that's going to happen statistically it's going to happen to you um, that's a normal part of life so the people have different mechanisms to deal with it um, people provide empathy and can relate to it and try help that because they can understand how they've been hurt and the other factor of that is um, or the other side of that is completely polar opposite where they're going to negate it and push it away because it probably triggers them um, and there's no right or wrong to that um, some people go mute and silent um, when they get triggered. Um, some people react in a uh, pretty abrasive manner, as you can see in, in some news outlets, and that's just a representation of how they've dealt with trauma and, um, and how they've, they've dealt with things in their life, and you can't blame them. Um, I don't agree with it, you know, like that someone's been pretty raw and vulnerable. My innate being is to be like, well, uh, okay, it's a conversation, and you know what, <laughs> well, kids cry, you know, adults are going to cry too. Um, it's a normal part of life <laughs> so how society molds that um, once again comes down to, to to the person who's trying to do the molding so it's and it kind of comes and it just it's a big representation of rip will smith's got a big building rip yeah. it down to make yourself feel better yeah and, and like he's put some awesome um, inspirational videos up that's really raw and vulnerable and I've loved some of them and um, there's I started watching The Prince of, uh, of Bel-Air again and um, there, there's a scene that was trending on Facebook of where um, he uh, on set started breaking down and um, he's uh, the 
a person who plays his father within the Prince of Bel-Air actually gave him a hug and um, the scene was basically like why'd you leave you know why'd my father leave oh, yeah, the, scene, the scene about it he, he breaks down it, it, his actual experience is what he's speaking yeah, about on, yeah. on set and it was one of the most raw moments completely yeah. completely raw his own father had, um, had abandoned him and um, now he's saying why, to, to his uncle Phil like why'd my father leave me you know and that um, that is possibly I, I look at that and I I go well. At least you had another human being. That's such a raw, raw side um, within film, uh, and that's something that you should acknowledge. People, wh- whoever they are, irrespective, there's um, going to be something in there that that makes them vulnerable. And when they open up about it, you know, take the Uncle Phil approach and you know, comfort someone a- instead of making a joke out of it. Um, it's because at some point in time, you know, when when you have something hit you, when you fall down, it's probably going to happen whenever it is. You don't want someone making a joke of your own vulnerability. You don't want someone making a joke of, of a relationship breakdown or or something that hurt you. Um, you want the comfort. It's our innate, innate thing. We want the connectedness. We want help. And for someone that could be listening to this that's going through something in their life at the moment mm-hmm. that their their negative um their negative thoughts are really playing a role what advice mm-hmm. can you give them um to 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 chase positivity to get back on track mm-hmm. what advice can you give them yeah so i i think it comes in two stages right there's organizations like beyond blue anxiety and depression lifeline for immediate crisis support um or starting a conversation with your gp to get a mental health care plan and um and and seeking someone within the professional role and and a space where you can put those vulnerabilities and and and, uh, emotional feelings into it's important um and there's also the second half of that as they're going to be a facilitator and you need to do the work no one will fix you um no one will just take it all away from you um but you need to also do the work as well and that comes on a holistic approach of how how are you doing currently you know asking yourself how do i actually feel take away your social narrator take away all the layers that we've built um and actually address the fact of of what is it that i I need to address here you know i might be um not functioning the way i want to in relationships getting triggered early um, and understanding what those triggers are just an example you know or um, i might go to coping mechanisms and things trigger me to use those coping mechanisms and you have to understand what's actually triggering you and and look inside and a lot of people um are are very afraid to be alone and and spend solitude and actually because then in the day they're they're not alone they have to deal with whatever's inside you know and they have to deal with the person that they're trying to hide from the world and they have to deal with those thoughts and um and that can be very noisy inside your head and and that scares the hell out of some people and it's about understanding that all these resources we have are only going to be able to help you if you're willing to help yourself and you have to be in that state as well and sometimes you're not and that's okay you know that's completely okay it has to be your own being um but then when you're ready and you've made those adjustments and um, you're ready to make a few steps and, and acknowledge things and, um, and understand that that's how life is, use those people, professional help, to give you the tools to actually help yourself. How do you flick that switch? Like for me, it's, uh, I go in with a mentality of, if this, is this going to affect me in five years? No. So get over in five mm. minutes. Mm. Five seconds really, but something mm. can affect me. Yeah. There was like even today there was something that affected me that I've gone through that's affected me longer. Mm. And maybe, maybe because it's, it, there probably is some detriment that it, if obviously, if it happened, it could probably affect me in mm. five years, but it's more, so that's probably the one time that's, that it's gone to me, um, you know, but I'm mm. kind of over it now and I, I'm, I'm moving it, but mm. a lot of people, they'll hang on to something and not be able to get over it and keep replaying mm. it in their head and it will drive them crazy and, mm. and just send them down a rabbit hole. Like how can people, flick the switch in their own mind like and it's not an easy thing to just oh you do this and it's going to be great because there's so many layers to every situation but what's something so that people can work on a bit just Mm. to get better Be, be present and, and when you're present, you can understand how we're feeling at this current point of time, um, whether we're anxious, whether we're depressed, whether uh, we're unstable, um, even if we feel happy, right? Um, be present to that. And when you have something that causes you stress and it causes you anxiety about that stress, great. If it's short term, makes you think sharp and makes you be focused and actually do something that you probably wouldn't have done if you weren't stressed at all, right? It wouldn't be immediate. Um, but actually be present to that and acknowledge it. When it's long-term stress and anxiety, 
then what we do is we actually go, well, I need a management plan here. This isn't sustainable. My heart's racing. I'm having panic attacks and this and that. And um, that's not sustainable. That's not going to help me. And now I have to put a management plan in action for that. And there's people there to help with that. Um, It's as simple as actually being present and understanding what's going on at that point in time and going, can I deal with this myself or do I need someone else and removing the ego to help me with this as well? So it's it's first starts with acknowledgement in present and then two, remove the ego and seek what we actually need how are so now obviously with yourself gyms are closed and with other organizations it's obviously much harder what can people do or what are you doing Mm. in in the sense of how are people still Mm. you know getting getting help or how are they getting their fix with obviously the gym or so there's there's a pinnacle in physical health so obviously um i've with training day being closed um, when I started walking in the mornings sunrise sunset um, helps regulate my circadian rhythm um, allows me to have a good wake time and a consistent wake time and a good sleep time that comes with that when viewing your sunrise and sunsets that's your body clock there's one part of that the second is I have control over uh, my diet and that's in my routine I can control that Um, the third in my relationships with family um, within my partner um, within friends um, and fourth within work and there's still factors in that that I can actually use the time for and then when I was finishing off psychology last lockdown um, I, I, I was under the pump so I could still fill my time with that so there's even though we have one thing taken away one resource taken away you still have a a responsibility yourself to be resourceful and maybe you can't squat under a bath that's your thing that's what helps you clear your mind Um, but you can sure as well body weight squat at home and that's the best you can do in that situation that's okay Uh, or maybe you can walk if you can't run on a treadmill or maybe you could do something else in that factor so be resourceful um, and and that's on you you know for the for the people who um, who don't or want to use the excuses um okay understand that's an excuse that's completely okay maybe don't fill up to it um that's okay too but if you're gonna also let that dictate how you feel long term um and understand that there are avenues around this there are things that you can control and it comes back to you make the effort to do that don't blame anyone else but yourself um, and that's a really important thing to note. So with gyms closed, with a lot of, uh, let's say, yoga studios or, or whatever it might be that you get your outlet, art studios, whatever it may be, um, find another way and move forward from that as well. And is there, obviously, there's, there's gyms eating healthy, um, keeping relationships up. Is there anything else? Well, I'm sure there is. Mm. What, what, but I think that's going to be to the individual person. But mm. is there anything else that people can to try and maintain a good mental mental state yeah yeah and it's it's obviously subjective to the position someone's in mm. and I, I think it comes down to acknowledging what what makes us feel good what are our outlets and, and what what stresses us out as well um, and then when we look at pinnacles of health from physical mental and emotional identifying what is my physical um, health outlet what is it that helps me within this whether it's running whether it's gym whatever it is and then um, and list that down what's going to impede that what doesn't make that accessible and list that down too the next is what what is my mental health and um, what helps it and what provokes it to make it a detriment and understanding that too and then making accessible the things that aid it whether it's social connection whether it's um, um, professional help uh, whatever it might be um, right and then uh, and making inaccessible the things that would detriment it uh, and then last is our emotional health as well there's uh, I, I personally have an outlet of where I write and that's um, it's one thing I love doing because you can kind of put your narrator aside I mentioned that earlier um, and I can just enjoy that solitude and put some music on and that's that's my outlet that that helps me emotionally um and it settles me down when i'm under stress and um it really chills me out now that could look different to someone else you know pay time to your emotional or even spiritual health people are religious and and it's about identifying each things that helps that and and what takes it away okay that's um how can people help by creating yeah, this awareness mm. on a scale is it as simple as really just looking at your peers mm. and are you okay are mm. you happy and really just trying to break mm. that help yourself first there's um we're using uh, that's a, huge yeah uh, that's huge yeah using an analogy you are, yeah. of you if uh we're in an accident we're in a crisis um and, and the oxygen mask come down how can you help without 
completely being overwhelmed without giving yourself an oxygen mask too, you know, and then helping other people. So there's, um, we have a responsibility to help, to help ourselves first. That's, that's something we need to do because when we go and help ourselves, we, um, people might see that we've helped ourselves and we become a role model in the community. And we can't tell someone to change. We can't just immediately pivot someone's situation based on one conversation. That's not what happens. We wish it was. Sometimes it is, but there's a um, majority of the time that's not how it is. So there's, but people see behavioral changes. People see, they feel that positivity, that emotional energy. They see the genuine um, nature of someone or, or how they've gone and help themselves and what they've done you know if someone goes to the gym x amount of times um, or they start running or eating well and they see that over 12 weeks and they're like hey you've changed so much and it kind of flicks the switch going well well maybe i could do that yeah and um so i I really encourage that it is okay to look after yourself don't feel guilty about doing it because in the long run you're probably going to help more people than if you want to help yourself in the first place that's crazy um and yeah just just to conclude this this conversation the the importance of mental health like how clear can we, do we have to make this that mm-hmm. yeah it's how, how how much does it how much does it play a role in in our life with our work life balance mm-hmm. our relationship balance sports mm-hmm. just everything how important is it to 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 stay so straight and narrow mm-hmm. with and it, it, it's hard because you can't life's yeah. a roller coaster yeah in a sense. life is a roller coaster there's uh I, I actually i don't think straight and narrow is the is the way to a good mental health because if everyone was straight and narrow you know that's kind of boring in the world um people have is always going to have some, an aspect of them which is troublesome which is cheeky you know something that's not just straight and narrow that's that's the way it's good and bad Highs, it's lows, yin and yang yeah, you know yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you have that and if you you neglect the yang you, you never really fully enjoy the yin and yeah. that's um that's something that you don't have to be straight narrow to to have a good mental health you have to accept both sides and you have to mediate both sides and and let those join and work together and concurrently over just negating one so there's there's that to conclude on but i definitely think that if this conversation wasn't just to be on a society level if this conversation was to be with ourselves you know to acknowledge both sides to to join the split self at times that we see in in society where people might think that there's this one hat to the world and there's another hat within you know put on both let them run um, enjoy enjoy life enjoy your time be yourself enjoy your personality you know you, you have something to give to the world you always will it's Josh honestly what a conversation um, I've got so much value out of this and I really hope everybody watching has um, for anyone that is struggling at home where can they go what where, where can they start to get some help yeah there's we will always help help someone through you can go onto the weights for mates website um weightsformates.org um or the instagram page for weights for mates and uh, we'll check those links yeah uh, up, yeah, up yeah. Up and yeah, sure. importantly we might not be the resource that can completely help you right depending on someone's situation but we'll definitely mediate and do our best to give you the best resource possible whether it's with other organizations or us so that that's one start um and we'll really project that and convey that that our door is always open and we can open other doors for you too and you're okay with people jumping out at you if they've seen if they've watched this and yeah. they want to they want to have a conversation yeah 100 percent. as i said our doors open um I, i'm not always available 24 7 um and that's that's my own being i can't always do that but um there's if they reach out you know we'll always reach back and perfect. Um, we'll start that conversation all right perfect well we'll be plugging in everything all the links to awesome. your personal pages and your <laughs> ways for mates pages and other organizations that can help it josh thank you so much absolutely um, yeah before we conclude any any last words anything that you want to let out to the world oh. uh, that could probably <laughs> <laughs> or i think we've yeah. covered <laughs> uh, uh, i think you've given enough value <laughs> uh, I, I think uh i think on a final final note just enjoy the roller coaster of life you know we have our ups and downs um, the downs are what make us enjoy the ups and, and the ups can't be lived without the downs. So that's life. Let's have fun in it. Uh-huh. Um, I appreciate you having me. Pleasure. Thank you, Josh. Pleasure. All right. Thanks, guys. Well done.